0: What I find most fulfilling is the cry of babies.
1: Let's talk Africa, the Africanness of Africa. The beauty, its people, our peculiarities. This is on Zip Stories. I am Diaz Bellow.
0: Oh, I don't think I have a tab of how many babies I've delivered. Of
1: giving birth to one million babies. <laughs> Why didn't you leave after, after that experience?
0: <laughs> that experience was the worst experience of
1: all. National Nursing Week runs from May 8th to 14th. And this year, the 2023 Nurses Week, the theme is Nurses Make a Difference anytime, anywhere, and always. First of all, happy nursing week to all of my nurses. I wish I can mention all of your names. I'm going to try to do that at the end of this episode. So listen until the end because I'll mention your name just to celebrate you. My guest for today had to survive in war-torn areas, stayed in remote communities with no light, no water, where she has had to deliver up to eight babies alone in one day and still have to show up for work the next day. I find her fascinating because she never gets tired, never gives up. And I love the way she talks about her job, her colleagues and You know, so much joy and enthusiasm. And there are so many more like her. We will explore this in this week's episode. Hello everyone. Hiya. Welcome to Unzipped Stories where we come every single time to listen Learn, grow, and most importantly, get inspired. I'm your host, DS Bello, and I'm super excited to have this episode today because I'm having it with someone really, really special. She doubles as, uh, should I say, no, I'm not gonna say, it. <laughs> but yes, if you're close to me, you probably have heard me mention the name Praise or I call her TA, or you probably have seen her on any of my videos, or um, or my status, or anyway, yes guys, it is nothing week, and I have the pleasure of having this podcast episode with my friend, who is a midwife. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unzip Stories, and can we give, praise Ilya, <laughs> Poculty? story stories, welcome. Yay! (laughs) Okay, so let the show begin. Okay, so I'm going to ask Fracey to tell us a little bit about herself. And we're going to fire her with so many questions. If you are ready, I am ready. So, hey, Bracey. Hi, I'm so
0: excited to be on Unzipped Stories. <laughs> I'm
1: excited to have this with you. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Okay, my name is Pockle T. Praise Ilya. I'm from Adamawa State. I'm Baza by tribe. Um, I'm married. I'm a midwife, and I just had a baby.
1: Yay! <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about having a baby later on, on this episode. Yes! Guys, imagine a midwife giving birth to a baby for the first time. I'm sure we want to hear that experience. Especially what we know about midwives. Yeah, you know. I don't want to say it, but you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> anyway, so, um, praise. Yeah um first of all what is most interesting for me in your entire career is um some of the daunting tasks that you have had to carry out um in the period of your career so uh before we go to the question that relates with um you being a midwife in a war zone right like we going not talk about that experience you know but uh, this first question is, how many babies have you delivered so far?
0: Oh, wow, how many babies? Uh, I don't think I have a tab of how many babies I've delivered. <laughs> it's hard to say, actually. It's hard to say.
1: But on a uh, rough note, like if you're going to count, uh, how many babies do you think you've delivered so far?
0: Well, I can tell you that... The, the highest babies I've delivered in a day. I can tell you the number. Okay. I've delivered like eight babies in a day alone. Eight babies? Yes, but I actually can't keep tab of babies that I've delivered over the years. Wow, that's like, how you many years? You
1: have given birth to one million
0: babies? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not possible, not even a hundred thousand. But I, I, I don't think I can keep. I have kept tab of that. Oh, oh, okay.
1: Okay, so, um, let's talk about delivering eight babies mm-hmm. in a day. Yeah. Where was that and what was the experience like for you? Okay.
0: Um, I think that was during my, we call it community experience when we're in school. We usually go for community experience in year two. They send you to a remote village where there are no doctors and, uh, where there are no doctors and it's just you, few government staff, like no primary healthcare settings. Exactly. So basically, you are the midwife in training there because you hardly see midwives there. You hardly see nurses there. You only see community health workers. Yeah. So on that fateful day, I was the only one on duty. It was a night shift and the whole hospital wow. was choked up. I was I was a student then, but you know when you're a student you kind of know what what you're doing. Yeah. Eh. Uh-huh. I told them, don't worry, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was how the night started calmly. I didn't know that I'll have to deliver up to eight babies <laughs> before morning. I think. I handed over the ninth patient and I was still there when the ninth patient gave birth but already the morning shift people had already resumed. So, it would have been nine babies but I have
1: I had eight. So, so let's get this straight. As a student, you delivered up to eight babies in one night. Yes, it was an awesome night. No complications. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so guys like at this point i have to share this so um at some point in our last year we i took um i went over to her place where she worked and um no not last year but at some point anyway so i had um i had a reason to to visit and i wanted to have the experience of you know just being a midwife (laughs) right for (laughs) a night and um god i it's um i think maybe my i'll have to share my experience in one of those podcasts because first of all uh we got to the hospital and it was a slow evening and I thought it was gonna be a slow evening like slow as usual so we got there and um ha what your eyes saw your mouth cannot say (laughs) it's too heavy So, so I I think I progressed right so when we got there At first, I was, you know, I was excited. I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to have a midwife experience. And I thought I loved um, pregnant women until I got there. And so, when I saw the first woman give birth, I tried not to faint. But now I understand why some men faint in the labor room. I was, I can't explain. Maybe scared, maybe worried, maybe, um, I honestly don't have a word for it. <laughs> you know, you know how you think you can do something and then it's staring right at your first And you know, going there, I was, I told them I was going to volunteer and help them deliver babies. But I think that <laughs> my first one hour, I couldn't step into the actual labor room. I was just watching by the door because I was feeling dizzy and I just felt sick. And so I'm wondering, right? I'm, I'm sharing this, we went to, You're going to hear my um, experience as we progress, right? But at this point, I probably would have to ask her, what was your first experience in the hospital as a midwife? Like, while you were in school, like your first exposure with this practice, how did you feel?
0: The students do go for morning shifts, night shifts, evening shifts. I I couldn't wait for my turn when my mates would be posted to the hospital for practicals. We normally go for morning, afternoon, and evening shift. And when you're in year one, you will be sent to general ward, like general ward nursing ward. Then in pro- uh, subsequently year two, they send you to... So, one fateful day, I told my roommate I would like to follow her for night shift. So I could go and see what's happening in the labor room. And she was like, why not? Let's go. I closed from, from class. We we go for class from 7.30 to 2.30 p.m. So after then I followed her for night shift, I think around eight o'clock, went past the night. The night started slowly also. And I was like, ah, will I see anything today? Then the woman started coming. They started coming. Funny enough, there was nothing like, I didn't really have any panic attack. I was not scared, maybe because I was mentally prepared.
1: Yeah, so you are <laughs> not like me.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe because I was mentally prepared. Except for my um theater experience, but for my labor room experience, it was awesome. At some point I was like, why are you people doing this? They'll not tell me the reason. Then when they got hungry, they were eating in the labor room and i felt awkward i was like ah in my life i will never ever i can never ever eat in the labor room Ooh, but have you eaten in the labor room <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i am happy to announce to you people that i'm the chairman of eating in the labor room right now <laughs> like at that point i didn't know that i could reach this stage and um, it's been an awesome experience so far so good
1: okay so um let's not jump the gun right I let's fast forward everything. Uh, let's go to where you had to work in No. during Boko Haram crisis. First of all, because I remember when you got that job, I was so adamant. I never wanted you to go for that job because I felt it was too daunting, and I felt it was in the at the peak of um, a crisis. But you went and. Be- I think you have worked in the war zone for almost all your career life. Almost all my career life. Yeah, right. So how has the experience been? I remember when you had to send me videos of yourself hiding because there was um, bomb attacks and gunshots. Like, what was that? What was going through your mind? Why didn't you leave after after that experience? <laughs> That experience was the
0: worst experience of all, <laughs> all my, all my work about. <laughs> I think I started working in remote areas since 2018, and I've been going from one remote area to another, and they are all danger zones. For me, I think Mongono is the highlights right. of my career. <laughs> <laughs> It's the highlight. I've had so many experiences. When you asked me, like, my mind went to so many experiences. But since you mentioned that one, that was the worst. It was on on 15th of July, 2020. I can never, ever forget that date. Funny enough, I just entered that town two days to the attack. I was new in town. I didn't know anyone. We normally go... um, Go to a particular place to assess network, and being new in town, I've not already subscribed my phone. Like I've not connected my my phone to the Wi-Fi where we get network. On that fateful day, I went there to com- be able to connect my phone because you won't see network there. That was when we started hearing gunshots. I was like, "Oh, the soldiers are doing their work." <laughs> Three minutes later. The gunshots became worse, that was when we knew that there was an attack in the town. We started running to safety, the security people around there now told us where to go. We went to the basement there, they said it's bulletproof, something, something, they, they call it something, sha. We went and hid there. We're much, you know? Yes, it's called a bunker, actually. We hid there, we're over 200. And it was a room. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that small. It had no door. It had one door. No windows. Initially, there was aircon inside the room. But when the attack became first, somebody had to go out to go and off the generator just to distract. like So we don't call attention of the people attacking. We were over 200 in that room. <laughs> How we survived, only God knows. We are there for... Over three hours, the door was locked. From the time we started, we, we entered there, people were gisting, were feeling ah it's normal, sound do not even go out. Till experts there had to tell us that we should stop talking so that we regulate the oxygen supply. We know there are no windows and just one door. The door is locked. We thought they were joking. Me, I was calm. I had my friend there that we entered the town together. She was also calm, but the people around us was like ah this is not the first attack hole. and <laughs> it's like this one is worst <laughs> we stayed there we thought it's something that will last 20 30 minutes but it lasted for over 3 hours the whole room it got to a point that the whole room was filled with sweat how I, okay the best way to explain that that's that's the scenario of the sweat you know if rain should splash into your room or your room is leaking and rain pours on the floor. Then there's there's water. There's water and you have to sweep it out. Like, the, how will I put it? There was sh- the room was not, though I was not dropless, I was like pouring water on the floor. Yes, our sweat was, was that much. But um, you survived the bunker. No, we survived. Actually, one person lost his life. Inside the
1: bunker,
0: not really. He had, I think he had of, he had a panic attack or something, mm. because people fainted inside there. When, when you faint, will drag you to the door so that you inhale small, small air that is coming in from under the mm. the door. If you, if you, uh, what is it? Self. If we perceive, uh, okay. Well, this person has inhaled small air. Will now push you back and bring another person that has fainted again. That was what we continued to do for that three hours it got to a point that people just told the security personnel see people should just open this door then for us to die inside this bunker just open this door well, last last people um, what is it if the attackers come in some people will still survive then all of us die here it became like a fight no open security men said they will not open open like anyways in, uh, eventually they opened the door and we went out, the whole place was calm at that moment. And funny enough, the attack started from that place that we were because there were so many bullets on the wall of that place. They threw the threw. I don't know what they call it. Uh, 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 what is it? It's like a shape of a rocket. It's big. They threw it to the gate of where we were. Luckily enough, it just fell on the gate. It didn't. It didn't open the like. It didn't mix the gates. So it just fell just by the gates. That was. That was the highlights. That's.
1: I think that was the highlight of my. And and so, but you still went back to continue delivering. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> During that attack, I and my friend, I went to the to the town together she was like ah my friend tomorrow we are resigning we are leaving this town i told her seriously funny enough she resigned and she left they booked her i think four days later she left but i stayed i what? stayed i don't know why but i just stayed i told her that she should go me i'll be here she is not attacked. that she, she will have seen it now it won't happen again it kept on happening and anytime an attack happens who say, ah, we will go. Me, I will go and resign and go. But once the attack pass, you still find yourself in the town. I think it's because of the passion. Like, when you see these people, the people living in those communities, they are helpless. So you feel, okay, what if I go now? Who will be there for them?
1: Yeah. Okay, so, um, there you have it. But before I let you go, uh um, I'm going to ask you five quick questions. Okay. Uh, and these questions are supposed to put you on the spot. So first, um, oops. Okay. <laughs> so the first question will be: Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, can you mention five people that made? I know you have a lot of them, right? I know you have a lot of them because because of you. I know a community of midwives, right? So, but can you mention at the top of your head as quick as possible, like one, two, three, four, five. Right? So five people that um, made midwifery um, special, maybe because of one event or the other, but just five at the top of your head. And no offense to anyone. It's just the first five that comes to your head.
0: Okay. We call her Auntie Magdalene, that's number one on my list.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Aside my teachers in school, right? My colleagues. Okay. Uh Auntie Magdalene. Yes. Uncle Manasseh, he used to be our used to be our He is
1: not a midwife. He's, he's not. He's a not nurse. a
0: midwife. No, is he, he is. Oh. He is. He is. He's an oh. anaesthetic nurse. Oh, okay. Yes. So,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: Am I allowed to mention doctors? No.
1: Okay. Midwife. Two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then there's Salama. Three. There's Christy. Four. There's Betty. Five. There's Auntie we'll Nana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to add no. the six name. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> no. I thought I would kill no. me. She's not on this list. <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, your second question, right? So yeah. because that was five, you got you get only three good questions, right? Okay. So the second question is that if you weren't a midwife, what would you become? If I weren't a midwife, what would I
0: become? <laughs> I'll be frying around the streets. <laughs> I used to tell people if I come back to this world the next time, I will still be a midwife. I don't even see myself doing another thing. Um, midwifery. be free. I love midwifery. I love nursing profession in general.
1: Oh, but wow. I love being a midwife. Okay, so your final question. Okay. This might be tougher. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. So you have a baby, mm-hmm. and we know how the stories we hear how people, how midwives treat. Uh, pregnant women and I have seen it what happens in the labor room and I sometimes understand like because of that I, beca- I became like an advocate of don't don't think that midwives are wicked when they um When they speak in a stern voice to any pregnant woman because sometimes pregnant women get Scared of the experience like especially how they feel and they they don't cooperate which in turn poses some level of danger to the child so sometimes that's why they sound stern so now that you have experienced labor and i know you to be a very disciplined midwife how do you think do you think that's going to change how you relate with the pregnant woman
0: i am a disciplined midwife because i want mother and child alive okay yeah yeah (laughs) that's why i'm a disciplined midwife Mm -hmm. and you said, "You well, changed change my attitude." Yes. Now that you're giving birth, you uh-huh. <laughs> changed my attitude. Yes. Number one, I am not a mid- wicked midwife. No, I
1: didn't I'm say I'm just it a nice
0: midwife. No, no,
1: no, no. So no, did, let's not get it twisted. I didn't say you're a wicked midwife. I'm just saying that now you've experienced what these women experience. Do you think that is going to change the way you relate with them? Not like I'm saying you're a wicked midwife. Not, not, not okay. in that context. I've experienced. I've experienced labor.
0: Labor is painful. Yes, but it's worth it. And I will always say this. Labor pain is not worth you losing your baby. Whatever it takes for you to have your baby alive should be done. And that's what we ex- e- encourage the patients as midwives. So I don't think I'll change any of my character or any of my personality or any of my behavior. All I need is mother and child alive. Labor in general, labor is painful, and uh, it's a sweet experience. It's worth it. I've said it like since I gave birth last month. I've said it that I can go through this pain again to get another bundle of joy. Um, I think if I should resume maternity leave, and I have a woman on my couch that is about to deliver. I will put more effort to tell her that this pain is worth it and you have to go through it so that you receive your bundle of joy.
1: Thank you. Okay, so um, finally, I said before we let you go, um, what do you find the most fulfilling in your job as a midwife?
0: What I find most fulfilling is the cry of babies. It's so sweet to hear. It gives me joy. Like when you see a woman laboring and then she labors for hours and then this baby pops up and you hear this oh my god the sound the, the cry is so
1: intriguing. That's that's basically the highlights for me. Oh. So like Alright, so what a way to end the show, right? I'm I'm asking myself, just like how when I see the microphone, I just feel really happy, right? So in my head, I'm like, oh, so maybe the the cry of the baby does to the midwife what the microphone does to me as a journalist. What a way to end the show. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this with me. I do not take it for granted. And it's the first time I'm going to say this. Thank you so much for taking me to the labor room. If you want to hear my experience about what happened in the labor room, you have to listen to the next episode. Because in the next episode, which of course will be shared this week, I will give you the complete gist of what happened to me in the labor room. Thank you so much for joining on Zip Stories. I'm signing out as your very own DS Fellow. And with me here is my friend Praise T. In case you don't know how to spell it. P-W-A K-U-L-T-I Pocotty. Pipsy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was nice being on your show. Yay.
1: Okay, so i said i was going to mention your names just to say thank you to my heroes this nothing week so i'm going to call your names at the top of my head i hope i do not forget anyone and if i do doesn't mean that you're not special all right so i'll go now esther um esther praise yinassim pornoz janet martha auntie magdalene Nana, Auntie Christi, Aisha, Gloria, Nock and Peace, Zasan, Esther Benson, Tamama, Kennison, Gladys. Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much for being our heroes. Hey, alright guys, see you again next time. Bye! Let's talk Africa, the Africanness of Africa. The beauty its people, our peculiarities. This is on Zip Stories. I am Diaz Bello.